Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton-Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning and welcome to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton-Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield. Good morning, Gary. How are you? I'm all right, Merritt. Taking out from this uh, heavy snowstorm we have, we had, we had like about, uh, like a, I think, a sixteenth of an inch. Yeah, you know, and I love it because... Like a lot of uh, El Nino weather patterns, they start here. So we had six inches of snow on Monday in New Mexico uh, here. It's still on the ground because it's really cold. And, you know, it didn't get reported because I guess in New Mexico, we can just keep it together when moisture comes from the sky. Yeah, well, the day before that, or two days before the rain, we I had to go to uh, West Bethesda. And uh, <clears throat> because it did took two hours, which should normally take an hour, it took two hours. Yeah, we can't we we can't deal with it here for some reason, even though we get plenty of moisture all the time. But uh, my, my real question, Gary, is: Are you ethical? I know you're you're fine, but are you ethical? No, I don't know. I honestly, honestly, you made me start thinking about that <laughs> when I realized that's what you're going to talk about. And I'm, <clears throat> I was going to see if there was some way I could cheat through this this hour, but I don't. I'll still try. <laughs> great, great. Cheat, cheat through the ethics hour. It does, uh, it's a topic that came to me. Um, I had a blast this weekend. Uh, Professor Harry Van Buren at uh, University of New Mexico asked me to join the judging panel for the Daniels Fund Business Ethics Case Competition. And uh, essentially, it's a, a business ethics scenario given to teams of business students um, at different universities around the state, and they develop a plan of action to deal with um, uh, the ethics and perhaps legal uh, uh, legal issues that have arisen from uh, the scenario. And uh, it, it, it was fascinating. And uh, first, first of all, Basically, every every team kept talking about this the company culture and the scenario, uh, uh, what kind of culture the company wanted. And I found that fascinating because I feel like that's something we're always telling our clients, uh, and particularly in a, when our crisis communications clients. Well, what is your culture? What do you want to be? Um, what is uh, acceptable? What's not acceptable behavior? And so I love that uh, 18 to 22-year-olds are being taught this and to ration through this, uh, 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 reason, their way, uh, reason their way through this. And uh, the fact that the competition is funded, uh, uh, I think, is, is fascinating. So uh, I, got, I got my ethics bee in my bonnet so, uh, uh, from so that event. Uh, in the, in the, go ahead. No, I was going to ask what what was what, what was the scenario or what were the scenarios? So we'll, you'll probably get to that. Well, it was no, it was kind of a Volkswagen uh, type uh, uh, fuel usage doctoring in the computers, uh, combined with just uh, 
kind of stupid stuff on the part of the CEO, a really sleazy VP for sales. And then the best part is the software that was, uh, the computer and the software and the tracking that was perhaps uh, providing these botched numbers seemed to be provided by um, the Russian mafia. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, man. so it was awesome. First, you've got you know you've got bad actor um, uh, hacking. Uh, you've got um, a very, very legal, very real legal ramifications for uh, fudging your numbers on uh, mileage and fuel usage. You've got a CEO making ten million dollar grants to try uh, to universities to try keep keep his daughter in grad school. You have a VP of marketing taking. Uh, uh, cash under the table for product placement in Hollywood. And then you have a CFO who's trying to paint herself as a whistleblower, but she's behind the whole Russia deal. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I think it's, uh, it, did, did you determine that it's um, clear and easy to determine what is ethical and what is not? Or is it, or, or do you think that the result might be that it was? it's much murkier than that? Well, no, it's and exactly that is the way the case was written. And the students only had four hours to prepare a plan of action and then prepare a presentation uh, to the judges. And uh, not everyone picked up on the fact that the CFO was part of the problem because she positioned herself as the whistleblower. Everyone immediately went to the Federal Whistleblower Protection Act. And, well, we need to protect her. So uh, it, it started with that. And what I them and what in, in my questions where I tried to steer them was you got to prioritize I mean you got, you got a whole bunch of problems um, and I think the biggest problem is you've broken the law problem two is you've got the FBI FBI talking to you about your Russian deal problem three is you gave 10 million dollars to a university and you can't really account for that money. But you, you got to decide, okay, what are you going to get sued for or what are you going to get indicted for first? You have to take the, you know, the bear closest to the tent and, and work, or work through it that way. And of course, that was an extreme situation. And uh, it was a, a criminal, uh, uh, a corporate criminal defense lawyer uh, locally who wrote the scenario and he sat in on it. Uh, and, and it was great. And I kept telling him as I went through the scenario, I just love how much this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I just thinking again, thinking about when you were saying this was the topic, I, I've been thinking about the fact that, uh, um, I think it's getting harder and harder to determine what is a decision that isn't based on ethics and what is a decision based on, um, your business. So, in other words, if you're trying to protect the business, are you, and you, you know, is your response going to be an ethical one, or is your response going to be one to 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 help the business? Are they in conflict? You know, there are a lot of problems there. I think. Uh, no, absolutely, uh, absolutely, and of course, in the artificiality of the scenario and the four-hour constraint, you can only uh, you, you can only do so much. And I was I was just very impressed uh, the way the students handled it. What I thought was also cool, uh, the Daniels Fund endowment uh, from um, uh, a business uh, 
uh, a very successful uh, businessman who's got business interests in the Mountain States region. And so his firm sponsors uh, endowed chairs in business schools at state universities to ensure that uh, students graduating with uh, uh, business degrees uh, are taking uh, courses in ethics. And mm. I think that's that's a very, very uh, uh, admirable way to uh, uh, endow a university. I mean, mm-hmm. not that it's not great to support your football team, but I think that's a really unique and uh, mm. cool element we've got. And uh, the, the uh, fund, the Daniels Fund, has endowed chairs uh, I think uh, in Utah, Nevada, Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico. Well, that's good. Sounds like you had a good time, and it sounds like uh, it was a worthwhile uh, endeavor. Absolutely, absolutely. But then you know, I started thinking about some of um, our ethical uh, our ethical issues because you know there's there's business ethics 101. Like, um, are you cooking the books? Uh, are are you treating your employees fairly? There's that sort of thing. But in our world, in the uh, public relations world, I think the issue of ethics um, is much more complex and something that everybody in our field has to pay attention to. <coughs> Excuse me. What I think is, um, uh, there's a, I think where there, where there is a discrepancy uh, overall in, in ethics is it's one thing to think about, you know, what you are doing as an individual Um so you think, okay, I'm working for a big organization, a big company, let's say, and what I'm doing is you make sure that what you're doing is all is 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 ethical. You're not you're not you're not cooking the books. You're not cheating, but do you you maybe you turn a blind eye or don't even want to think about what's happening in the larger sense. So what if, in other words, you're doing a very good job and a very proper job, and you're helping your your employees and such, but your organization, let's say, is a major uh, polluter or something like that. You just kind of sit there and you close your eyes. I don't, I don't see that. You know, you do the Sergeant Schultz thing from uh, Hogan's Heroes. Um, and you just, you, you know, I think that happens a lot. I think a lot of times people, they, 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 um, kind of, uh, insulate themselves from it and say, I, I, they don't, they don't think it's above their pay grade. So they don't think about what the overall organization is doing. So here's the question I would have. And, and I was reading an article about the employees of, uh, you know, uh, Amazon and Google and such, and their, uh, some employees reluctance to, uh, support, um, contracts with DOD is that the question is if what the organization is doing at the bigger level goes against your beliefs, um, but you have a job, you know, and you're exactly. doing a good job. What do you do then? What do you do? Do you have the courage of your convictions? Yeah, I mean, you it's d- tough. Yeah, but but I, I, the, uh, the the fine point of it is is either you absolutely believe that and you don't have a job there anymore, or you decide that it's somehow okay to support the Department of Defense. Uh, I mean, that's if. If a Vox Optima employee uh, uh, kind of became a conscientious objector, if you will, about supporting uh, the U.S. Defense Department, they wouldn't have a job. That's our work. Yeah, um, it, it is. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's. I think no matter who you are in this world we're in now, it's so things are so intertwined. It is difficult to figure out um, these things. And then the other the other side of it, I was looking at. Uh, 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 an article about uh, um, 
was it was about is about the jeans that um, Meghan Markle is wearing now that they're they're uh, slave free jeans or something like that. Um, so that's you know oh, yeah. make you feel good about uh, about doing something like that. I, and so it's interesting you think about those companies and we got to go to break in just a second. But it, it is interesting. Uh, you, you go okay, we're going to have an ethical company and our company is going to be built on doing ethical good things. And you wonder. Well, are you doing that because it's ethical? Are you doing it because, man, we're going to make a ton of money doing this ethical stuff, and this ethical thing works out really great. We're going to we're going to rake in the cash. It can be both. I think it <laughs> well, can be both. Well, that is the uh, that is the holy grail. I think if you can sit there and uh, do something you believe in and make a lot of a ton of money doing it, that then you're winning. Boy, are you ever winning! Uh, and what we're winning on is a break. We're going to go on a break, and uh, Merritt had the audacity to bring up ethics. What the heck? Uh, so anyway, we'll, uh, we'll we're going to talk about ethics for the rest of the hour here, or, or a good part of it, on the Brand Ambassadors, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program 
Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield, and we're talking about ethics. And just as we went to break, Gary posited the question, well, is it really ethical if you realize that doing fair trade or slave-free or uh, dedicating your company to that because you think you can make a lot of money, uh, is that still ethical? And I absolutely think yes. And I go back to one of my favorite uh, examples, which is uh, the Grameen Bank, which resulted in the Nobel Peace Prize being awarded to Muhammad Yunus. And it's such a, it's a cool story. It's a uh, Bangladeshi um, social entrepreneur and economist, and he started microlending. Huh. And here's here's the great thing though about microlending: it's not charity. It is uh, it is uh, interest for the bank. It is uh, accountability for the borrower, and often the borrower, uh, the team, uh, a lot of women borrowers, and they will uh, go in with a group of other women, perhaps to buy a cell phone for their village with the idea that they'll, they'll sell time on the cell phone to the other villagers so they have contact. And so that's the size of the loan they're talking about. Sometimes they meet with the bank weekly to talk about their payment, but there's no question of uh, defaulting on the loan. They have a very low default rate, and the bank is earning interest and making money. Uh, You know, I I think that's a great example of the fact that free enterprise and capitalism does work. Yeah, I mean, mean, if if the idea, I agree completely, 100%. I think that... You know, if the idea is, oh, I, I, I have to, I have to be unsuccessful or, 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 or in poverty in order to be, in order to feel good about myself, well, then the entire the house of cards falls apart, and uh, the world goes back into the dark ages. So, uh, oh, I'm 100% there. I mean, and 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 the the idea that um, that um, bringing home a paycheck or making money is somehow um, unethical, uh, well, again, it, it it just doesn't add up. I mean, th- there would be no, there would be no, nothing going on. So um, yeah, and I love the micro, oh the micro loans and all that. I just absolutely, I think it's the best thing ever. I just love, and I think it's yeah, worldwide it's the majority of um, of the borrowers from 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 micro lenders are women, uh, often uh, you know sadly single women are raising their children alone and uh, you know for whatever a tiny little store to get their product and and you're right what my ex, my um, experience is that they what I've read is they they are overwhelmingly um, good. Uh, uh, good lendees, I guess. Uh, ab- absolutely. And the also thing I love about this is it's all private sector. And it's not nonprofit. It is for-profit private sector making lives better and allowing um, uh, uh, businesses uh, to grow and women to support their families. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just, there's so much to love about it. And uh, of course, you and I, uh, I know, have a, a bias toward um, being pro-capitalism and pro-private sector. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's a great story. You know, there, another great story, um, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I'm on the board of Adelante, uh, which is a nonprofit that does a lot of things in New Mexico. Uh, they operate a food bank. They um, refurbish computers and give them uh, to needy take equipment and refurbish it and give it uh, free of charge to people who need in-house medical equipment. They just, they have a wonderful mission, but also employ the severely disabled. And a local cosmetics company uh, got uh, selected to uh, include an item uh, in the Oscar Awards gift bags. Mm. 
uh, this year. And I'm looking at the company, right? Blush, Blush and Whimsy. Well, Blush and Whimsy took, uh, basically went to Adelante and said, um, I want you to do all of our pack. And so on, on their labeling, there's, you know, a note saying, uh, but, you know, this lipstick is providing jobs to severely disabled Americans. I love that. Blush and Whimsy is um, uh, making money on their lipstick and getting great exposure at the Oscars. And at the same time, they're deciding, you know what, let's, um, uh, in our business model, let's see where we can help the community and, and provide employment to the severely disabled. Our packaging, that's what we can do. I think that's another great story of for-profit um, bringing about a social good. Yeah, I think that uh, ultimately, I think that's the, that is the way, I mean, historically, the way that good things happen, I think, is through, uh, no matter what, despite uh, the, the, the the trend, I think, um, of, of collective, I won't say collectivism, did I want to say that? Maybe I did. Um, but I think that, yeah, if you, it has to have, it has to be, whatever the issue is, whatever, if it has to have some um, factor in it that it's going to be profitable or it will end and you can't, and the good you think you're going to do is going to cease being a good, it's not going to work. So that's terrific. Yeah. When you see something that good like that, um, and then everyone truly can feel good about themselves. So that's, uh, that's a good story. There are a lot of good stories. Uh, and you know, there are also the not so good stories, and that's uh, we've done several shows dedicated uh, to crisis communications, and certainly we have uh, plenty to say on that. But I'd kind of like to focus uh, for a little bit on the role of the spokesman, on the role of the public relations shop, the communications shop, how an organization, be it public or private, chooses to engage its public. I think that's a huge element uh, when it comes to organizational and business ethics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what if what if you're the what if you're the guy or gal who uh, has to st- stand up in front of uh, the media or talk to talk to employees or constituents and uh, and pass along the bad news? Uh, do, right. do you do you pass along the bad news? Or what if um, you're told? Mm, could you just say it? Uh, just say this instead. Right. Well, I think that's common. Yeah. We don't want to say, we don't want to let, I mean, that's the, that, that is the tough thing. I mean, um, I think it happens all the time. I mean, it's, it, it, there's always, I mean, that's whenever there's a discussion before the, you, you, you put out a press release or whatever, what are we going to say, you know, and how are we going to say it? Uh, it would be awfully easy and we wouldn't need, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't have a job in that area if it wasn't for the fact, if it was just, it's real simple just say the truth and that's just, just say it, just whatever, just come, blurt it all out, whatever it is. It, it sounds nice, um, but there are nuances and there are implications of how you say it and when you say it and what you say. And you don't, uh, being transparent doesn't mean being. And I think that's where the art of what you and I and Vox Optima bring to the table and the public relations uh, uh practice comes to, uh, you know, brings uh, to the table is, uh, uh, you can put your best foot forward while still saying things that are true. And I think for government organizations, this is more and more important because I've seen since, let's say 1992, um, in that, what, 27, 27, 
year period. So in the last quarter century, let's put it that way, look at how the White House press conference has evolved. Uh, you mean devolved? Um, in the 90s. <laughs> exactly. Each, each successive administration has done less and less. Uh, uh, certainly, I think uh, Bush 43 uh, kept them to a minimum, and they were very much... Um, one-way communication with some grudging uh, questions. The Obama administration, uh, they preferred to operate in press availabilities with no questions and really control the narrative that way. And then you've got a White House now who goes through the motions of ha uh, having press conferences, but the commander-in-chief himself is really uh, controlling the entire media narrative on his Twitter account. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I think that's the, the, there's so many factors involved. It's not like it used to be where, you know, again, I think we've talked about this in the past, a press conference is no longer for the press. It's, uh, th th those are just like actors on the stage. Um, it's for, because now we can watch them. We watch them live. They were never <laughs> watched live. Well, you wouldn't do that. And even now, <clears throat> even if you don't watch it live, what you when you watch something on TV when the pundits start talking, you're looking at a clip from the press conference rather than just getting you know using the press conference as a, as source material for the stories that they're writing or telling. So uh, it's changed everything. Uh, you know, it, it kind of doesn't surprise me. I mean, you got to from the from the public affairs standpoint, you go, okay, what's the what's the upside? You know, mm -hmm. and then. Yes, and and uh, that's something that comes has come up in our NATO work, information operations and psyops and disinformation. Is there a role for um, a military spokesman uh, sharing accurate information? Why bother? Yeah. Um, you know, our traditional our, or non-traditional enemies, if you will, Daesh, uh, the Taliban, ISIS, whatever – um, uh, you know, they, they've certainly taken uh, um, the digital platform and are using it uh, to say whatever they want. So why should we be held to the same standard? Well, do you have an answer? Do you have it figured out? Do you have, do you have it figured I do. out between I do. now, between now and, and the break? I do. I do. Um, right. Simply, everybody, everybody telling a story for the military it needs to have the same script. And the PSYOPs people go do what the PSYOPs people do. Uh, uh, information operations do what they do. And the public affairs people, they support that narrative, but just make sure what they happen to be saying is true. That's not so hard. No, it's not hard. Well, it, true, and um, I mean, but it really, it, it has to advance the purpose of why you're talking. We've, you know, talked about, we've talked about it all the time for media training and such as that, is that, you know, you're, you're not up there just to, because someone asked you to talk. I mean, I mean, from the media, right. you know, you have to have a reason to mm -hmm. be there. You know? So, and that's taking us, actually, we're getting close to the break here. So we are, we're, so you got it out. We've solved all the problem. You solved oh, all the problem. Yeah. So what the heck are we supposed to do for a half hour yeah. now that you've solved the dilemma, the ethics dilemma? Uh, I'm yeah. sure we can yeah, talk about even, something on ethics. I don't even know how I turned, I, how I turned that 
I, I, I turned that 30 seconds into a three-page white paper somehow. I, I should just stick to uh, oral briefings. They're a lot faster. <laughs> you, did, you did swell. You're listening to the Brand Ambassadors, folks, and we're talking ethics. Ethics, schmethics. No, that's not good. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen. We are talking ethics today, and uh, um, certainly saw some uh, some some disturbing, uh, disappointing news uh, the other day uh, on the subject of ethics and um, uh, a public affairs uh, person that we are familiar with, and I know personally. I don't know if you know him personally, Merritt. Um, uh, got in, uh, in trouble, got embroiled in that. Um, that gigantic, really black spot on the Navy, uh, the um, the Fat Leonard scandal. So uh, that was actually you brought it to my attention. That was quite a shock to me. Yeah, this this is 
uh, an investigation that's been ongoing for, I think, five years now. And it's all essentially uh, Pacific uh, Fleet uh, fraud uh, where a, um, a, a uh, port logist, uh, Fat Leonard is a, basically a port contractor, and he was able to, with uh, inappropriate gifts and open bribes, uh, be able to divert all of uh, or a large portion of Navy resupply, and that's fuel, food, what have you, business to his firm. And, and you know, he did it with concert tickets and uh, uh, lavish parties and then sometimes out and out money. But the story that shocked was uh, released that um, the uh, uh, Pacific Fleet Public Affairs Officer, uh, Navy Captain Jeff Breslau, pled guilty this week in San Diego to conflict of interest. And it was a single count. And so I think the guilty plea was truly... Uh, so the investigators, you know, for immunity, so the investigators can get uh, the cooperation um, of the defendant. But story is, while he was still on active duty and he had access to the Navy's privileged uh, information and privileged legal information on the Fat Leonard case, he was hired by Fat Leonard himself to provide public relations counsel. And over the period of a couple years, uh, racked up $65,000 in consulting fees to Fat Leonard. And Documents show he provided significant and extensive executive counsel and how to handle the scandal. And I, I think uh, no, no one has to be have explained to them that he's ba- basically playing both sides against the middle. You yeah, can't, I mean, you can't work for the Navy and work for Fat Leonard at the same time. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I was thinking about, I've been thinking a lot about it the past couple of days, um, thinking about uh, Jeff himself, thinking about the, the situation, and uh, and think trying to think about, you know, how you, you know, do you, it's, I don't think it's like you see a, 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 a clear line that says, here's 100% pure ethics, and here's 100% pure, you know, uh, illegal and unethical. I think that, that, that what happens to people, I, I, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, I just think it's what goes on, where, where they, they, they kind of slide into, um, over, over a period of time, short or long, into going from doing the right thing to doing the wrong thing. I, I just don't think it happens like suddenly thinking, aha, I'm, I'm snidely whiplash and I'm a bad guy now and I'm going to do this, you know, this despicable thing. I, I, I just wonder how this happens to somebody who, you know, transitions into doing something that ultimately they must know is, wow, this, this is not kosher. I wonder, I don't have any, I don't have a definitive answer. Well, yeah. anyway, uh, you know, for me that the question is, and this is pure merit speculation. This is not at all based in fact, warning, 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 but given the, the nature of the plea, uh, and, and we certainly have seen, um, in Washington investigations, in my experience, um, having been part of a federal investigation with the firm I was on the board of, uh, guilty pleas are, especially at, at the level of, say, a Navy captain, that's simply um, a way to, it, it's a deal to get cooperation of that witness. And I think what we may, may see 
is that he was asked not by Fat Leonard to take on the work, but perhaps someone much more senior to him in the Navy for whom he'd worked. Hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that's going to be a much bigger story. So it's, it, my my thinking about again, so I, again I'm thinking from his perspective. Anybody, how do you get? Maybe that's the case. Maybe what you said, but I, I'm thinking when I was overseas. Um, um, different things happened when I was overseas. I remember. I think I mentioned it uh, in some episode of the show. Uh, so one. So we. I, this is long, long, long ago. I was actually in the uh, standards of conduct briefing in a theater in in uh, the island of La Madalena in Sardinia, a beautiful, wonderful place. The Navy no longer works, but anyway, I was in there. And we and I was running this the TV station there, and uh, we were building a new station, a new building. And um, the contractor who was, and this was around, this is in December now, um, the contractor who was doing the building, an Italian firm, uh, anyway, I'm in this briefing, and someone says, is uh, Petty Officer Potterfield there, anywhere here? And I, yeah, I go to the back, well, there's a package here for you. This is during the standards of conduct briefing, and I look at this package, it's six bottles of wine from the contractor. And, you know, it's like, and they're doing the right, they're, they're, they're doing their thing, you know? So I just, I took it back to the office cause I'm, I did, I, you know, I was like, Whoa, let me get this out of here before the standards are, br-. not that, not that I was trying to get away with anything just as like, this is going to be just weird and awkward. And so it just sat there in my, on the floor in my office for just months, you know, because you're like, what do you do? You know? Do you, and, and so that's, some, that's on Gary's tiny little level you know, of not trying to offend the contractor, not trying to do, what do you do? But then when I was at Sixth Fleet, you know, and I, you know, again, looking up at the more senior people, you know, a lot of stuff went on. And I think the things that happened were like, well, this is how the business gets done over here. That kind of discussion where, and that just can kind of lead people down a path oh, my predecessor said that I really, you know, I really have to go to this dinner or I really have to accept this gift or I really have to do this. And then but the next thing you know, it's, oh, it's just the way things are done and you feel good about yourself. And, but deep inside, maybe, you know, you're really violating. I'm, th- I'm not equating it to the, to the profound, you know, illegality of the Fat Leonard scandal, but I can just, I can just kind of see how things get a little, you know, they, you just drift into a gray area that then becomes a black area. Anyway, it's my two cents. Well, and also, also th- and think about also, um, if it's someone that, you know, you know and trust and respect as a very, you know, in the very highest levels of Navy leadership suggests to you that this is a good idea. Yeah, yeah, right. It, oh, well, there's absolutely somebody, indeed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, I, I, so I don't know where that specifically is going on. But, yeah, I, I just... Um, it's tough. It's tough. But yeah, but you, when we look at it from the outside, the Fat Leonard thing, you say, you've got to be kidding me. You know, you, you think of it in terms of a, right. of, a, of a movie or something like, and you go, again, all these senior Navy people deciding to be bad guys all of a sudden and to do evil things and to do bad things and to take money. You know, the, the result is bad. I mean, the fact that think about the competitors to his company who are, are locked out of uh, getting work because of, uh, you know, collusion. Right. Uh, and, right. It, and let's not assume he and let's not assume he had the best price. Right. Indeed. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, in our, in our little world, Merritt, I so, mean, yeah. 
in our little world, um, uh, when we go after contracts, and I, not, I'm not saying anything, you know, illegal happens or bad, but you look at just in our little world of trying to get jobs, trying to get contracts, and you look at some of the things that go on, and you're like, what the heck is this all about? And sometimes it's just, you know, a matter of uh, businesses doing the best they can in the, given the rules and taking mm-hmm. advantage of them mm-hmm. as much as they possibly can to get what they, to get their contract, to win the award, whatever the case is. Um, sometimes it's just mistakes happen, but you look at it and you go, boy, it's just a, um, it's a difficult situation and not one that's very comfortable sometimes. When you look at it and you go, gosh, that's the way that works. So contracting for us, that's where I see it for our little world is, is you go, golly, it's kind of a murky area. Well, and I mean, that's, that's just, you know, the bid process and everyone wants to be the most competitive. So you want to offer the best solution for the best price. Best solution doesn't always mean lowest price. But when you're looking at commodities, and uh, I think it's a lot easier to go into a low-price environment. So uh, there's going to be a lot more uh, coming out from Fat Leonard. And what I'm kind of fascinated by and uh, I wanted to touch on is uh, the headline in the defense world this morning is the Pentagon audit is over and pretty much the Pentagon failed uh, uh, spectacularly. Um, yeah, and Not a you know, I, I don't think that's a surprise. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's a surprise. But what I, I think the important thing is the Pentagon. Let's let, let's. <laughs> you know, they, they they took the effort knowing that the results were not going to be attractive. Um, uh, and certainly uh, not go over well with the public. The Department of Defense said, "We have got to find out what's going on." And to me. Um, that's a huge move toward uh, transparency. Right. Um, well, they probably, if you would be the cynic about it, you could say that, you know, it's only going to get worse. You know, there's no sense hiding this any further. We, yeah, we, number one, we need to know the answer. And number two, uh, we're not getting anywhere by, you know, let's just deal with the, you know, uh, yeah, you have to give them credit because they could have said, well, let, we'll just kick the can down to the next administration and whenever that is. And let them exactly let them have to deal with it. But they so that's uh, you're I, right. That's an honorable thing to do. That they decided to, you know, we'll take the hit. And that's exactly how they've um, characterized it. Because as Deputy Secret- Secretary of Defense Patrick Shanahan, uh, the way he announced it uh, this week is direct quote: "We never thought that we were going to pass an audit. Right? Everyone was betting against us that we wouldn't even do the audit." So, to me, the fact that also the Pentagon finished its audit in nine months is kind of miraculous. And, and of course, there's the price tag, and it was several hundred million dollars. But when you look at the size of the defense budget, um, I think that was money well spent to track where the money's going. So, um, I want to talk a little bit more about that and how sometimes opening yourself up to criticism is the right thing for ethics and transparency. But we've got to go to break right now. You're listening to The Brand Ambassadors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. 
good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the brand ambassadors and we're talking ethics and we're talking um, just before the break, we started talking about an audit of DOD, and that's uh, and uh, that's interesting. It makes me it reminds me of that nineteen uh, sixties quote from uh, Senator Everett Dirksen of uh, you know billion hair, billion here, a billion there, and pretty soon you're talking real money. And that was in the sixties, and uh, maybe it's a trillion here, a trillion there. You're pretty soon you're talking real money, but. Um, so what else? What, what what have you heard? What did you read, Merritt? That uh, about what they about findings? Anything you you uh, that jumps out at you, or do you not know that at all yet? Well, what what I like is um, they're getting preliminary findings, and the real work they're doing is let's not count the findings we need to develop. We need to develop the plans to address the findings and actually put corrective actions in place. So rather than looking at the magnitude of the problem, they're, uh, they're looking at what are the problems and uh, setting, setting new parameters. I think, you know, contracting is certainly our world's going to be affected, but I think that's good. Um, and, and I want to emphasize again, this was an, of a $2.7 trillion organization. Yeah, so. and they got it done in less than a year. That's that's phenomenal, and I believe um, with uh, the leadership we have in defense right now, I absolutely believe the findings will be acted on. 
So while we talk about um, perhaps declining transparency in some branches of our government, I think this, uh, to me, is the ultimate transparency, what DOD is uh, uh, is proposing to do. Hmm. And and I think what we're and I think the whole effort of the press conference is uh, quite simply preparing people. It's not going to be pretty, right? Yeah, and I admire that as well. And I think that's I think that's very shrewd. Well, I think yeah, you're right. I agree. It's it is a very smart thing to do. Is once you, you know, then people keep learning that lesson. You know, trying to hide the cover up is worse than the crime. That kind of thing. Whereas you know, if you just come out and you know, you, you're, you're banking on this idea that, you know, one out of 10 shot that you're going to, whatever the issue is, the controversy is, that you're going to avoid it. We got a chance. We have a chance to bury this and no one will find out. Um, it, had you instead just said, here it is, warts and all of whatever the issue is, and then you've taken away all the ammo or you've taken away most of the ammo or the ammo is only going to be good for, you know, the, it's only going to be a news story for a couple of days, maybe, instead of years. Exactly. It takes away the... It takes away the gotcha moment. Right. Yeah, you take away most of the ammo from people when you sit there. Okay, I've I've already admitted it to everything. So what do you want? What do you want now? Right. There's nothing else to talk about. Now, of course, you know. Then you got to pay the piper. You know, you've got to whether it's a criminal thing or whether it's your business is going to uh, you know take a major hit or whatever the case is. Um, mm-hmm. You have to deal with that. But I think that's human nature. You just sit there and go, I don't want this to, I'm going to stick my head in the sand. I don't want this to, I don't want to have to face this. I think that's just what happens from a human nature perspective. And, you know, um, this is, again, pure merit speculation again. But, you know, I did it before on the Fat Leonard case. Um, I'll do it here. Is um, I expect a major finding is we do not have enough contracting personnel. You mean enough government people to manage contracts? Correct. We do not have enough contracting officers. I thought you were saying, I was going to agree with you. We don't have enough contractors, doggone it. We need more of them. (laughs) No, no, no. We don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm talking about the people who actually award uh, award and administer contracts. We see the backlog. Because there aren't enough people to get contracts out on time. So existing contracts get bridged. Um, Startups are delayed. Um, Also, just the fact that we tend to not pass a budget ever on time uh, in Congress, uh, that holds up work. It's a a ridiculous way to buy things. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are going to be two of the major findings. And I think the hardest to address because the Department of Defense doesn't control Congress. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> and um, where are we going to find an extra 20,000 contracting officers in a year? Well, it's not going to be Northern Virginia. They're all going to go work for Amazon. <laughs> right. Well, and was that so Northern Virginia or State of Virginia or Arlington? How much money did they give Amazon to relocate uh, them? Yeah, I think I think uh, they gave they gave like 580 million. Uh, in whatever That's crazy whatever kind of uh, uh, you know benefits they and then and then New York gave uh, 1.5 billion I think um, yeah so yeah so uh, yeah and that and it's going to definitely New York is already a megapolis but I think it's going to turn DC into a megapolis um, and with the uh, corresponding traffic extra 20,000 people in 
Crystal City. Home prices, rental prices, um, you know, uh, I think the likelihood of Merritt Allen ever getting a hotel room in Crystal City for under three hundred dollars um, is over. Right. They, they're gonna have to rename it because they're gonna I mean, sell out at, at yeah. Crystal 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 Nation City. or Crystal Crystal Nation or something. It's gonna be you know its own its own entity. Yeah, right. Or, like or Vatican Crystal City, City, but Amazon. Yeah. Well, geezy peasy, and then we're gonna, and then there's gonna be just like just nonstop, uh, you know, package drones coming in and out of the headquarters building all over the place. Uh, but it's gonna be crazy. And I, was I reading that um, that the average they were talking some crazy number, like the average salary is gonna be like 150k. That just seems nuts. Maybe yeah, not. that does seem nuts. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we need to um, uh, divest Fox Optima and go work for Amazon. Yeah. Dang. Well, we just tell them how, ni- how we much don't. we love them. Let's not do that. That's right. Goodness gracious. Oh, gosh. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, you could probably spend a whole we – we'll have to spend some time in another episode talking about Amazon and, and Northern Virginia and, it's, and all that whole business. And, uh, I mean, man, it's just fascinating. It, it, you know, it's going to do a lot of, they're certainly well, do a it, lot of good for local business, small businesses. There's no doubt that the small businesses in, in Northern Virginia are going to do great. Right. Well, whatever small businesses are left. Well, you know, they, I mean, I mean, the super small businesses. I mean, you know, the sandwich shop. Yeah, the, I mean, you know, franchisees, yeah, franchisees, when I think that that's most likely, everything has become such a, na- a national chain effort, even the high-end chains. I mean, the steakhouse yeah, in Crystal true. City isn't uh, local. It's a Morton's and a Ruth's Chris. So, yeah, right. You're right about um, that. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know that the true mom-and-pop shops are, are really going to flourish uh, in this environment. And, you know, the other thing uh, as well, what I, what I love about stories like this and in Albuquerque, um, we have an ongoing um, debate over whether we should continue to give tax breaks to the film industry, even though it's created a tremendous number of jobs and revenue and really supported our small businesses because of craft services and things that on-site locations require. And what I love is, you know, the end result is... Uh, you can look at uh, Republicans and Libertarians. You can look at the film industry. You can look at Jeff Bezos. None of us want to pay taxes, and that's how we do it. And that's how these deals are done. I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, uh, so yeah, anyway, we're we're kind of running on the, toward to the end of the show here, huh? Yeah, yeah. But see, and, and when I texted you at 6 a.m. my time and said, hey, Gary, let's talk about ethics. I, I could um, I could feel your underwhelm, underwhelmedness no, it across wasn't. 2,000 miles across the country. Right. It wasn't, wasn't fun. That. It was fun. <laughs> it wasn't that I was, it just, it, it, my mind was, my mind it was just blank, you know, it was just, uh, it, and, but, uh, but that's nothing new. All right, Merritt, and we'll talk again next week. Well, actually, you know, we'll talk all the time, but we'll talk on yeah. the radio next week. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for joining us in our conversation about ethics uh, let us know your thoughts or if you'd like to be a guest send us a note uh, to brand.ambassadors at foxoptima.com for Gary Potterfield and Merritt Hamilton Allen thanks so much for joining us thank you for tuning in this week to the brand ambassadors 
Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.